And I looked for something that maybe reflected the harvest time. You see, harvest in the country means so much. In towns, it's sort of lost. The idea of harvest is probably more Tesco's and tins of things. Whereas here it has a reality. You see the crops, you smell the, 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 the stuff that goes in to make the, the manure to grow the crops, you hear the noise, you see the machinery, you see the weather and seasons. In a town it all gets sort of lost. But Psalm 65 says this, 65, John. Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer to your people will come. When we are overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our sins. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled, we are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer with awesome and righteous deeds, God our Saviour, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who form the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of the waves and the termite of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. When morning dawns, when evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water. You provide the people with corn, for you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crowd the year with your bounty, and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness, the meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with corn. They shout for joy and sing. And that's Psalm 65. Isn't that a good reflection? When you think of this windmill that's just been recently recommissioned with the new sweeps and they're going to get that grinding. Have they started yet? No, nobody knows. Any locals here today? No? Okay. I can tell you being outside the area, I believe it's scheduled to start grinding corn in the old-fashioned way and you'll be, be able to buy corn and things to make really nice tasty bread. Right, what are we going to do next? We'll do that later. David, would you like to come if you've recovered from the happy birthdays? David is involved with Hillsong in London. It's a very small church. It, meets in the Dominion Theatre. I think it has two and a half or three thousand people per service, and they have four services a day. Yes? Yeah, it's all right. He can't find his way around in Hillsong either, I don't think, so. This means I love you, singing this song Lord, I don't have the words, but I do have the will And this means I love you, that I take up my cross I will sing as I walk out this love 
In Jesus this life is for you Everything that I do And words that are pleasing And ways that are pure Lord, may my life bear this fruit And this means I love you Singing this song That I don't have the words But I do have the will and This means I love you That I take up my cross I will sing as I walk out this love and Jesus this life is for you everything that I do and deeds that are pleasing and ways that are pure Lord may my life bear this fruit But everything that, everything that, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. But everything that, but everything that, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Praise you in the morning, praise you in the evening. Praise you when I'm young and when I'm old. Praise you when I'm laughing. Praise you when I'm grieving. Praise you every season of the soul. If we could see how much you're worth, your power, your might, your endless love, then surely we would never cease to praise. Everything that, everything that, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. And everything that, everything that, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Yeah. It's rising up from coast to coast, from north to south and east to west. The cry of hearts that love your name, which with one voice we will proclaim. The former things have taken place can this be a new day of praise a heavenly sound that comes to birth that reaches out to all the earth oh let the cry from nations ring 
that all may come and all may sing holy is the lord every heart sing holy is the lord and with one voice sing holy is the lord every heart sing holy is the David will take that praise, and that's for Jesus. Okay, so thanks, Dave. That's great. A harvest moon way up in the sky, a harvest of blessing that God has supplied. A harvest that God sees is not food alone, a lot of pumpkins or grain, or not apples or rain, but God sees the harvest of souls needing Do you know it's got blotted, that lovely word? A harvest of souls needing him. A harvest of people who need saving from their sin. A harvest of souls, a harvest of love. A harvest of mercy from our Father above. When we see the harvest, let's see through God's eyes and share with the nation the life he supplies. And that's written by a lady very recently called Susan Livenko, and it's when we see the harvest. If anybody wants to read that, I'll leave that at the back. Sometimes we receive things, don't we? Sometimes people receive presents or birthday presents or something, and somehow when you give, you don't do it to get the thanks, but it's nice when the thanks comes, a letter or a card or an email or something. And therefore, I thought it'd just be good today that we actually had a time, an open time, and uh, whereby we just have an open time of thanks, just thanking the Lord. Maybe just a, wo- a sentence or two is all that's needed. We don't really want any um, thanks that last about longer than the, uh, the book of Leviticus or something. So can I just encourage you? I'll start and then get out of the way. Father, just thank you for who you are. Just here we are too, so we know how you feel. Don't you just love these things, really? You do love these things. The story of the Bible is a love story. Boy meets girl. Boy loses girl. Boy gets girl. That's the story of the Bible in three little phrases. Great story, isn't it? The faithfulness of God. And someone always mentioned it already this morning. Right at the beginning of the Bible, God makes a promise. And harvest, I guess, is a way of recognizing the promise of God. He said this, He said, as long as the earth endures, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. And every time we have harvest, it's kind of like we're saying, you keep your promises, Lord. You're faithful. Every day is a promise. 
fulfilled from God. I've got some fruit here. Some apples. Do you grow apples in your gardens? I've got some apples in my garden. Not very good apples, I'm afraid. Our apple trees are a bit sort of manky, is the word, I think. <laughs> They're a bit apologetic for apple trees. Do you like apples? Does anyone have any idea how many different varieties of apples there are in Tesco? No, no, no. In, in the UK, how many different kinds of apple trees there are? 132. Do I have a, any increase on 132? 210 going up. 580. Oh, 580. Whoa. You're not going to get any prizes if you get it right. No, carry on. Any more? Because it's not like we, we like apples, is it? It's that we actually enjoy a particular kind of apple, don't we? I don't quite know what I'm doing this for, actually. I think I'm going to hand it out in a moment, but it gives me something to do with my hands, which is probably quite useful. Okay, 500 and something we've got. Any more? 275. How many? 275. 275. Are we going down? All oh, right, going down. It was too many. Shall I tell you? According to Wikipedia, which of course is the source of all information, isn't it? It's going to be right. Shall I tell you? 3,000 different varieties of apples. So Tesco and Sainsbury's and all the other supermarkets have got a long way to go, haven't they? They don't usually provide many more than about three or four different varieties of apple. We choose a kind of apple. When you go to the shops, you choose an apple. You say, I like that one, but not that one. Yeah, it's an apple choice, isn't it? Anyone like to hand a bit of apple round? Just for those who want to taste a bit of apple. So I've got some apples here. Apples kind of represent the choice we make about the things we eat. We don't eat all the things we grow necessarily. A friend and neighbour of ours used to grow broad beans in his garden. Nothing but broad beans in his garden. I said, you must really love broad beans. He said, I hate them. <laughs> I don't know why I grew them then. But we usually choose some things and not others. So the apples will represent a kind of choice. Do have them. I did wash my hands earlier on, so... Olives here. I don't grow olives in my tree and my garden. Does anyone grow olives? Jim grows olives. Oh, right. Okay. Could you? But these don't. These olives. Because you can eat olives, can't you? But you can also crush olives and get oil out of them. So when we're shopping and Lynn says, oh, get me some olive oil. You just have this row of bottles of different kinds, but you can crush olives and get oil out of them. Anyone want to try an olive? Yeah, you crush olives. So those of you, I don't like olives at all. My, you like olives, don't you? You love olives. Our grandsons, I think, love olives, don't they? They love them. They could eat them one after the other. I can't stand them. Too salty and so forth. Worth a try, though, aren't they? What do you think of it, David? Do you think he, he, he's going to try olives? Is he? Yeah, no, try it anyway. You can always spit it out. 
because you're allowed to, you're young enough to spit it out and not be told off, aren't you? And um, I've also got some grapes here. When people are sick, often people take something to give them when they're recovering, and grapes is one of those fruits that you tend to take. When I was growing up, the only time you ever had grapes was if you were sick. And there were some people in our neighborhood who were so rich, they even had grapes when no one was sick. <laughs> so you can think of these grapes as here. Anyone want to have a grape? Any more takers for grapes? So apples that speak of the choice we make about things, olives that you can crush, and grapes for healing. There's three gardens in the Bible, one at the beginning and then two much later on. And the one in the beginning is a garden called Paradise, the Garden of Eden. And that was the place where God said to mankind, I really want you to love me and know me and know my life. But since he's God and wanted us to love him back, he didn't force his love upon us, but gave us a choice. We could choose. And what mankind did was to choose not to love God and not to know him, but to do their own thing. The apple speaks of the choices we make. Every choice we make has implications, has consequences. Things happen as a result of the choice we make. God never wants to force his love upon us, but lets us choose. And what we chose was our own way. We chose not to love God. So what we chose was bad for us and for the world. And as a result of that, the world is in a mess. That's not God's fault. It's our fault for choosing the wrong way, for going a different way. All choices have consequences, and that choice that they made on our behalf so many centuries ago left us with a legacy of destruction and distortion and a mess. And Christians take that seriously. We don't blame God for it. It wasn't God's fault. It's our fault. So every day we have a choice to make to love God and go his way or to go our own way and each choice has consequences but then there's a garden that appears a little later in the Bible well it doesn't actually appear it's not strictly speaking a garden it's a garden spoken about and uh, Jesus well God himself turned up in this garden a real garden in a real place called the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives a real garden. And the olives were produced there mostly, not just to eat, but to be crushed, to make oil for people. And when God himself spent time in that garden, he was saying, I will be prepared to deal with the mess you have made of my world. You did it, but I'm going to clear it up. I'm going to put things right. And I'm prepared to take all that destruction and mess upon myself so that you don't have to, so that you can have life. Because God wouldn't leave us to our own devices. He wouldn't abandon us to the mess we've made of his world. In Jesus he came, and on the Mount of Olives, he prayed a prayer that was so earnest that 
it was, as it were, sweating drops of blood. It was such a, a keen prayer for him to pray. Almost like he was being crushed at that point. It would be on the cross that he would take the whole weight of the sin of mankind upon himself so that you and I don't have to pay the punishment that we deserve. So that we could have a clean, a fresh start, a new beginning in him. And these olives speak of this crushing. We should have been crushed, but instead he was on our behalf. God is faithful, doesn't abandon us to our own ways, all the time coming towards us in love and saying, you still can choose to love me if you want. Life can be very different. And Jesus spoke about a third garden, not strictly speaking a garden, but it's a vineyard where they grow grapes. And he said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. And if he's the true vine, then if we choose God's way, if we choose to follow Jesus, then it's as if we are the branches of his vine. And we will produce, therefore, whatever the vine produces. The branches are simply, if you can put it this way, clothes hangers for the fruit of the vine. They produce grapes. Good, nourishing, tasty, sweet grapes. And if we choose God's way, Jesus says, we will produce that same kind of fruit. A new beginning. Life can be different. It transforms us and it transforms the society in which we are. So all of us are making choices all of the time. All those choices have implications. And God says in his word, he says this, don't be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit of God, from that same spirit will reap eternal life. And God offers us, in his loving, gracious, faithful way, a choice, day by day. Which will you choose? Destruction or life? Whatever choice you make has consequences. You don't have to choose destruction. You can choose life. If you choose to follow the one who gave his life, that we would know life, then our lives begin to produce that kind of life. And we are transformed people who can bring transformation to this world. God is faithful. The story of the Bible is a love story. Boy meets girl. But in the Garden of Eden, God lost the girl because of sin. But the story ends with boy and girl getting together and being married in this wonderful covenant of love. Let me pray. Father, we thank you every harvest time and at every other time when we think about it for your faithfulness, for your love and for your grace. Thank you that however much of a mess we've made with not only your world but with our own lives, we can have a fresh start with you, a new beginning that you took the crushing and punishment that we deserve took it upon yourself so instead we would be free to embrace the life you offer to us in Christ. And Father, we want to live those kind of lives that know the eternal life that you offer to us
freely and graciously and generously. And that transformed people, we might be those who bring healing and joy and blessing into this world and to the lives of others by your Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Amen.